All right, let's uh, get started. Sorry about all that chaos. All to try to play a video with sound. And uh, I still don't know if it's going to work, but that's all right. All right. Anthony, if you could pray for us, if you'd be willing, and then we will dive into our lesson. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we're thankful for this time during uh, our week that we can get together and uh, go over the topic um, of relational evangelism. Lord, I thank you for this class and the um, information that we've learned and the progress that we've made. And uh, hopefully, Lord, I pray that you'd be working in our lives as we um, recognize situations and individuals and and, um, ways that we can use some of the tools that we've uh, discussed here, Lord, I pray that tonight you would help us to apply some of that, help us to get some more experience so that um, in the end that we would uh, feel more confident and bold about the gospel, that we that you would give us ultimately the, the um, desire to see your name spread um, from person to person and that we could be an epicenter for that as individuals and as a church, God. And we're just thankful that you've commissioned us with that. Lord, help us to be good stewards of that and that we would be effective in it. Um, I think for Troy, I pray, pray that you would bless him as well as he brings uh, these things in front of us tonight and the rest of this class. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. So for the new faces, Tim showed up in spite of the homework I, I, I asked him to do. So this is a good day. Halfway done, too. It's halfway done? That's impressive. All right, so it is true uh, that I did give homework for those of you that were not here last week. Um, And I will try to explain the context of that as we go through. Um, This class is going to be unique tonight um, because it's not only going to be our normal discussion sort of thing. Um, I'm going to uh, have some forced fun. And we are going to have conversations with each other, individual conversations, and practice sharing the gospel using the three circles tool that uh, we learned about last week. Now, those of you that uh, were not here last week, I tried to send an email out that provided the information that we discussed kind of in a Cliff's Notes version so that you wouldn't be completely lost. Additionally, since we have a couple new faces and some of you weren't here and I'm guessing that there's some of you that didn't look at your email, I'm going to try to go like super duper fast through what we went uh, last week to give you uh, some sort of idea um, and help it be a little bit less awkward when you have to find a partner and then share the gospel with them. Okay, so there's going to be a couple steps that I'm going to force you to do when you uh, talk to that person. And remember, it's just practice. So if you're going to fail, fail now um, and fail often. As my boss has said often, uh, you want to fail quickly. So failure isn't bad. You just want to fail quickly so you can fix it and then so you don't fail later on. Um, so fail now tonight and we'll, we'll uh, work on it and get better. So. Um, the goal is going to be a two-part goal. I always try to have a very simplistic goal. The first half of the lesson um, is going to be this, that we're going to practice the three circles tool. That's simply it. And before we do that, I'm going to go through uh, the summary. Then if we get to it, I have a second half that was the original lesson for tonight 
um, that we'll maybe get to. Maybe we'll have to push it on the next week. So uh, as a reminder, our purpose, our overarching goal in evangelism is this. And in this class in particular, that we are to train disciples to make disciples who make disciples. It's my goal to train you and to train myself as I go through this and learn to make disciples who then go and make disciples. And if that process continues and continues and continues, we have believers for generations, which is how you and I got here because someone shared the gospel with my grandparents and they then to my parents and they then to me and me to my kids and that's happened through your guys' lives as well and so that's the goal and I think it's good to keep that in mind we spent the entirety of our time going through a book called Turning Everyday Conversations into Gospel Conversations by a guy named Jimmy Scroggins and Steve Wright if you do not have this book I highly recommend you get it it's very very simple and it out it, it uh, further details out kind of the outline that I gave you and the three tools or the three circles tool that we learned about last week. It's called turning everyday conversations into gospel conversations. It's not it's available also in electronic digital book if that's what you prefer, which is what I I use. So here's a, a kind of a big picture of what we're trying to accomplish and what this three-tool system and that book in particular is trying to teach is that you're having an everyday conversation with friend named Jim or Jane. And Jim or Jane, in the course of your everyday conversation at work or at lunch or on the phone, they mention a problem or a concern that they have in their life or an issue or something that they're struggling with. And at that point in time, that is the key to turning the conversation from an everyday conversation toward the gospel. And so we talked about the transition statement is something you should rehearse, you should have thought about, and then utilize in that particular moment to turn that conversation into a gospel conversation. So there's the moment in time when that person mentions something that they're struggling with, You transition that to the gospel and you utilize the three tools. That transition statement should plop you right down into the first circle of the three uh, circles, which is God's design. You go through the three circles. At the end of those three circles, you're going to then make a plea for them to consider uh, repenting of their sin and trusting in Christ. You're going to actually make the invitation like, hey, would there be anything that would prevent you from repenting of your sins and turning to Jesus right now? And there's only three options, right? They can accept. They can say, well, I'd like to hear some more of that, but I'm not ready yet. Or they could laugh at you. But those are the only three things that they can do. So they'll have. there's an invitation and response, and then there's this process again, right? It's We're training disciples to make disciples who make disciples. So that's the overall flow of this thing. Now, the transition statement is the key. How are we going to get from their problem to our message and the solution to their problem? And it's the transition statement. The book suggests something like this. It says, well, I haven't been through the exact situation that you just mentioned, but I have had similar problems. 
Could I share something with you that has really helped me? And by that quick, simple transition statement, which I'm sure you've practiced a lot over the week, since that was one of your homework assignments, that you've got maybe even your own that you've thought through. Now, I I think it would, uh, while it would be very good if you just memorized this and just went, boop, every time you hear a problem, you go, boop, okay, I'm going to do this transition, and we go to three circles, and we're done. I think that we do need to like kind of like tailor make this. Like we should be somewhat flexible and somewhat relational in this whole process. We're like we're not robots. Like oh problem, da 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 da. We say this and you know we have to be like what if someone's going through divorce or what if someone's going through a lost a child or someone's going through all sorts of or cancer. Like some of us can relate. Some of us can't relate, or some of us can relate kind of like in a distant way or, or different ways. Like, we shouldn't necessarily just have to have this, like, rote, generic statement. Like, we could say, you know what, I'm so sorry that you're going through divorce. I unfortunately know exactly what that's like. Could I share with you something that, has, that helped me walk through that really rough road? Like, I could actually say that. Some of you can't say that, but you might be able to say, you know what, I'm really sorry, but I have walked through cancer, and it is terrible. Can I share something that has really helped me? And so we don't have to say, like, this exact thing, right? I'm, I hope that I'm being clear and you're getting it. So this is the three circles. And then we're going to watch a video that walks through the three circles. Now, what I want to try to do, and not blow your mind, but if you remember, there's the five-prong approach to the gospel that I, that we talked about like lesson three, it was the, the facts of the gospel, right? We have to trust that the gospel is objective truth that we all, that is as true as two plus two equals four. So we ought to be able to go with confidence when we're talking to people and say, no, there is a God and he created and he's holy, he's sinless, he's perfect, right? And that, but we are not, we are the exact opposite. We're creation, not creator, and we're sinful. We have rebelled. And we deserve his wrath. And on and on it goes. So there's God. There's man and sin. There's Jesus. There's response. That's the repent and faith. Uh, repentance and faith. And then there's the promise. That is eternal life. A right relationship with God. So those were the five prongs of the gospel message. Obviously, just like that you could have in your... Okay, got that, got that, right? Okay, so what the beautiful thing about this approach... It's not the only way to do it. But the beautiful way about this approach is that when we were talking about the five prongs, is that we talked about the reality is, is that most of us never get the opportunity to just like drop in and start from God and go to man and sin, then right and walk all the way through the plan of salvation or the gospel. Most of the time, we're sitting over a cup of coffee with someone and they share a problem and that, or they share an objection and we get stuck and we're like, oh, how do we get into this flow to share the whole thing? Well, this, with that transition statement, gets us right at the beginning because it starts here. And the first thing you pull out and draw on your napkin, because that's the design of this, is that you could be having a cup of coffee, pull out a, a napkin, say, well, I'd like to share with you something that's really helped me. God has a plan. God's design. And God created this world to be like this, this, and this. But you and I experience brokenness, and we draw a circle over here. 
And the reason we experience the brokenness of broken relationships and hurt and sickness is because we have rebelled and we draw the, the line and we write sin. And God has a word for that called sin. And we try all these different ways, right? And I don't know if you can if you can picture how he, he grew this. And then God has all these different ways, or we have all these different ways we try to like numb the pain of our brokenness. And maybe we try to drink, or maybe we try drugs, or maybe we try to just like go sleep. I like that one. Or maybe we try whatever. But God loves us so much that he sent his only son so that we could actually be free from our brokenness. Not fully and completely in this life now, but we could have hope that all that brokenness would be would be remedied in heaven. And he shared his son. And there's this word in the in the Bible called the gospel that means good news. And he shared his son. He sent his son to die on the cross. If you remember in the, the one that I, the picture I gave you, there's a cross and there's an up arrow and a down arrow. And if you draw that, it helps remind you that God sent Jesus to come to this earth to live a sinless life that you have failed to live, to die the death that you and I deserve to die. And then he rose again, showing that he conquered death, that he conquered sin, and made a way for us to be right with God. And that's the good news. And God says that if we would repent of our sin, that sin that broke broke that relationship and messed all this up, if we would repent of our sins and trust in this work that Jesus has done for us, we can have a right relationship with God. We can recover this design that God has created for us to live, and we can pursue it with all of our hearts in the here and now. That doesn't fix everything now, but it gives us hope that everything will be fixed eternally. And boom, in five minutes or less, I just got to walk through the entirety of those five things in a very simple, like, artistic, you could literally draw this on a napkin way. And... We've got the gospel. And they could even take it home if they wanted to. So that's my quick version. That's what you're going to practice tonight. And for that, so I get, I'm, I'm going over this multiple times. So I just shared. Now I'm going to give you the video that we watched last week. And I'm probably going to have to click off the presentation. And he's going to do the same thing that I just did. And then we're going to break up into partners. And you're going to have to do this. And I'm not going to let you break up with the same person that's sitting right next to you because that would be too comfortable for most of you. So bear with me. We need about 48 people wishing they'd skip class. Yep. Hi, I'm Jimmy Scroggins. I'm a pastor in South Florida. And like you, I believe that life on mission really matters. And to that end, we've developed a tool at our church to help our people share the gospel of Jesus with people that they know and people that they relate to every single day. 
How many times have you been in conversations where people come and they begin to share problems with you or challenges that they're facing? Well, what we want to do is help you turn conversations about problems and challenges into conversations about Jesus and His gospel. And that's why we've developed this tool called Life Conversations. And we do it using three circles. And three circles looks like this. We believe that God has a design for every single area of our lives. That includes our families, our marriages. It includes our sex life, our money, our career, our work life. God has a design for everything in our lives. The problem is that something about us wants to go our own way. And so very often, we depart from God's design. When we depart from God's design, the, the Bible has a word for this. And the word in the Bible is the word sin. And so what we're really doing is we're sinning against God, leaving God's design. Inevitably, when we sin against God's design, we end up in a place of brokenness. And brokenness really hurts. It's real. And all of us can identify that if we're religious or if we're irreligious, if we've been to church our whole lives, if we've never been to church at all. Everybody understands what it means to feel broken as a result of our mistakes or our choices or the choices of others that have hurt us. When we find ourselves in brokenness, whether that's in a bad relationship, whether it's something that's internal, we're addicted or we're depressed or we feel discouraged or we feel empty or cheap or used, whatever it is, we find ourselves in brokenness. We always want to find a way out. We want to find a way to alleviate that brokenness. And so we begin to go on a search. We do all sorts of things, trying to numb the pain, to escape the pain, to get out of our brokenness. And what normally happens is, when we do that, we just get more and more and more broken. Well, what we really are doing is we're saying we know something needs to change. And brokenness always feels like a bad thing, but it's really not a bad thing. In a lot of ways, it's a good thing because brokenness is the way that God gets our attention. And when we're feeling broken on the inside, when things around us are all messed up, that's when we know something has to change. Well, after trying to go our own way and trying to find a way to escape the brokenness, we recognize we really can't change ourselves, but we still know something has to change. And that's why we want to do something about it. The, the Bible has a word for change, and the Bible word for change is the word repent. Well, we want to repent, we want to change, but we realize we can't change ourselves, and we realize we need something else. Well, the Bible has a solution to this problem of brokenness, and it's called the gospel. Gospel is a Bible word. It simply means good news. And this is the good news. That God loves us. And He loves us so much that when He sees us in our brokenness, He doesn't just leave us there. In fact, 2,000 years ago, He sent His own Son, Jesus, to come and live a perfect life. He lived on the earth, and He never departed from God's design. He never sinned even one single time. He loved people. He cared about people. He stood up for people who couldn't stand up for themselves. He spoke up for people who couldn't speak up for themselves. But one day, when he was about 33 years old, people that he loved took him outside the city of Jerusalem. They put a crown of thorns on his head. They put nails in his hands and nails in his feet. And they crucified him. And while Jesus was hanging on the cross, God did a miracle. God took the sins of the world, my sins and your sins, and he put those sins on Jesus. And when Jesus was on the cross, Jesus paid the penalty for all of our sins. The Bible says after he'd done everything that he came to do, that he died, they took his body down off of the cross, they laid him in a tomb, and three days later, Jesus rose from the dead. And this is the good news, because when Jesus rose from the dead, 
He proved he could do exactly what he said he could do. Forgive us of our sins. He proved that he was exactly who he said he was. The Son of God. And this is the good news. So the change that we really need, we've tried to change ourselves. It doesn't work. The change that we really need comes from Jesus. And so we want to change. And we're going to believe. We're going to believe that Jesus is our Savior. That Jesus came to rescue us from our brokenness. And an amazing thing happens. When we make that step, when we come to that moment in our lives, when we turn from our sins and we turn to Jesus, God does a miracle in our hearts and He gives us a new power. He gives us a new ability. He gives us something new inside of us that allows us to begin to recover and pursue God's design. What's really awesome about that is no matter what we've done, no matter where we've been, no matter how many mistakes we've made, no matter how deep our brokenness is, that Jesus comes into our lives and He begins to help us pursue and recover God's design from right here, right now, right where we are. And then once we become a believer in Jesus, an amazing thing happens. We begin to receive the blessings of God. We begin to experience the blessings of God. And then God sends us right back out into a broken world where our friends and our neighbors and our relatives and our co-workers, they need to hear the good news of Jesus and we get to tell it. This is a conversation, guys. We call it the three circles. And we do it because we believe that life on mission really matters. All right, Larry, you can have this. All right, so I don't know if you noticed this, but my presentation, albeit quick, shared some similarities, but it wasn't exact, right? He did it his way. He said some things before or late, uh, before or after when I said it. But that doesn't make his presentation better or worse than mine. Your presentation is going to be yours, but it's still going to have these component parts. It's going to have God's design, brokenness, the gospel, and the lines with the sin and repentance and, and faith and all that jazz. Um, so here's how this is going to go. Um, so you can all be really scared, and then you can take some deep breaths, like I have my kids do when they get really angry. I'm like, okay, we're going to take some deep breaths and calm down, because it's going to be all right. I haven't done that in a while. I probably need to do that again. Um, and And we're going to break up. Uh, women with women, men with men, you cannot be with your spouses um, or families. Courtney. Um, so we need to find people that we can, other people, and uh, we can attempt this. Here's the way the conversation needs to go in order to make this work best. You're going to have to kind of have a pretend conversation. One person is going to have to start and be the unbeliever. And you can, you're going to say, Start the conversation by saying something like, well, you know, I've really been struggling with whatever. Make it up. It doesn't matter what it is. Just make it up. Pretend. Make believe. And then the believer in the scenario is going to have to then utilize their transition statement to convert or to transition that, that conversation into the opportunity to use these three circles to share the gospel. Then... When you do that transition statement, you're going to pull out your piece of paper that you have, because I gave you two sheets, So, and I didn't do double-sided, so you have two shots at this thing. So you can pull out your handy-dandy piece of paper and a pen or pencil, and if you don't have a pen or pencil, you can grab a pen off the back counter, and you're going to use the three circles tool, and you're going to start with God's design, and you're going to walk through the gospel, and you're going to see how it goes. And if you stink it up, 
this is the place to do it. Mm-hmm. And you're gonna, and that person can help you walk through it. You have a cheat sheet <laughs> if you have your uh, uh, notes from last week. I have maybe three copies of the notes last week that has the sample script and all the pictures and the progression of the whole thing. So you could use that, but I prefer you not. Then we're going to flip it around. You're going to have to do the same thing opposite. All right. Is that completely confused everyone? Does anyone have any questions before we do this? Yes. Are you going to assign us to each other? Nope. You guys are all adults. You can figure this out. (laughs) So... All right, go for it. <laughs> if you need a sample script from last week, I have five. <laughs> I got to get something up. No, we're good. All right, you can go with pasta. I don't know. Jess, are you going with her? Someone needs to be a Sierra. There we go. Okay. All right. Just make sure that we have everybody has a part.
Okay. Hopefully the uh, practice was good and revealing. Um, it was actually tremendously helpful for me because I got to do mine with all of you. But Larry, who wasn't even here last week, I was the unbeliever sharing my life crisis, and he and he walked through it. It was actually quite sad. But, and uh, 
And what was really interesting about our interaction is that Larry, because he wasn't here last week, he was kind of making it up on the fly, and he dropped in on the wrong circle. Oh. And what? But what was great is it still worked. Off the pastoral stuff. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> but he started at brokenness, and then he worked his way back to God's design, and then he went back to brokenness and went to the gospel and finished back up at God's design, and it still worked. And that's what's kind of cool is that it, in in his transition, um, while it wasn't like you know a superly polished transition statement, it still worked. It was like, it, but it was of the same genre of their transition statement of, you know, I can't, I've not experienced that in my life. I can't even imagine. The closest thing was this, and it still doesn't compare. But I was really searching, like I experienced brokenness in my family when I was a kid, and and I was looking, and I found it in the Bible and that's how he whoop, and he drops into the circle and on he went and it worked great and it was much more conversational than like just a rote memory statement um, so I hope that maybe it kind of at least proved some some benefit to you that like you know what I can't have a rote statement the way they're going to share their problems like might even be shocking and it might not even be the time right it might be the third time that they share the problem or the 15th time that they share the problem because you might just need to sit there and listen for hours on end about the stuff that they're going through. Um, so it's not like a... I'm not trying to make it an equa- a mathematical equation. It's just very like binary and simple. It's like That's why we have to pray that God gives us the wisdom... The combined wisdom and boldness to know when we <coughs> share the gospel and when we don't. Um, when, and that's all the spirit of God working in you and working in them. All right, comments, questions. Yes. I'm glad you shared that because when I was sharing for crisis with me, I was like. <laughs> I felt like it was very natural to go into the brokenness circle. Right. I was like, I feel unnatural going into God's. So I, I literally stopped and I said that to her. And we talked about her. But I feel like people can leave you that brokenness. Mm-hmm. And then it's your turn to respond. And so I felt like at times that might be a more relatable circle. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm here okay. just to prove that if I can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks it's for leaving This false way. humility of our pastor. <laughs> <laughs> yes. We 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 kind of took it in different a different direction because um, not a different direction, but we got to God's design right away. Gene shared a. a an instance, I actually knew about this instance, but um, where she had had been, her home had been broken into. And she's angry, you know, about that. That's where we came from, that she was angry about this person who had violated her home and, and uh, d- you know, disrupted her life in that way and stole some very precious things from her. And so how we switched it around was I said, were you angry with that person? Yeah really angry 
And so that angry eats you, not them. They're gone. They never caught them. But the anger eats you. And I said, God designed us all to to be like him. And all of us, all of us pull away from his design. All of us, mm-hmm. you know, feel that we need to we need to react to life our own way. <coughs> and then we went into you know the rest of it, and we talked about the the thing you know being broken yeah. by the things that wash over us in our lives. But then she threw me another wrench in it. Sweet. When I, <laughs> Good. You know, yeah. Because she. Coming from a Muslim, she's yeah. got to keep you on the on I'm your toes. You, you know? It was rough. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a piece of cake. Yeah. <laughs> so, one of the things that, so how many of you, be honest, how many of you forgot the invitation at the end, where you ask them, to Larry, yes, where you ask them, like, is there anything that would prevent you or keep you from, you know, repenting and 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 believing in Jesus? Who who did not do that? All right. So that in their in their in the book's opinion is is kind of important, right? Because we need we need to be wisely and carefully, and I uh, pushing them or at least inviting them to that. And so we need to be mindful of of that because I think it's that's to me almost the hardest part. It's like mm-hmm. like I just I don't know. There's something in me that's scared. To ask them that, and I don't know why. I'm just a big wuss, apparently. But that's that. It's hard. Just like, well, what would keep you from that? But one of the things that Larry and I discuss is that when you ask them, and I really like the way the book um, presents that question of, we're not saying, would you, would you believe, would you turn to Jesus right now? We're not like evangelists turning that on, right? We're saying, well, is there anything that would keep you from trusting in Jesus right now? When you ask it that way, you're kind of exploring the depths of their heart and opening up to allow them to communicate maybe their objections or their questions and opening up to them. When you say, was there anything that would keep you from turning today? And when you do that, now all of a sudden, you might get dumped on with questions. And that's what we're going to turn to next week. And Larry and I are going to kind of tag team the next two weeks. Um, if you have one of these half sheets that goes through the, the course outline, the next two weeks we're going to talk about how to interact with a skeptic. This is, if you have not touched your book, Questioning Evangelism, this is one of the best books that I've found um, that gives you practical advice on how to interact with a skeptic. There's a couple other books that I will mention next week, um, one called Tactics by a guy named Greg Kukul. And uh, there's another one that's completely escaping my brain right now that I will share with you next week as well. Um, if you haven't read, I don't expect you to read the whole book by next week. But if you are a reader and you'd like to, this is a great book. Please read it um, and maybe scan it at least by next week. And it's going to be two parts. Our goal <laughs> might change by next week, but our goal is to next week kind of talk about the concept of this book the idea of turning your questions or you're turning a conversation through questions when you're dealing with a skeptic so we don't have to feel defensive. Um, and then the, the following week, we're going to look at specific objections that you face and how you can uh, feel better equipped to interact with those. Because I know that 
if you're like me, you're always kind of fearful, like, okay, what zinger are they going to uh, <laughs> turn my way? And I'm like, I'm not prepared. So we're going to attempt to help you um, with that specifically second week. So in preparation, this is an easy homework assignment. You don't even have to really do much other than think. Um, try to think over the next week, what are some objections that you faced in your life as you've shared the gospel? What someone might have said to you, you know, well, this Bible is just written by a bunch of old men, you know, that's thousands of years old. Or like one of my good friends said last time he was in Michigan, he said, oh, that Bible, it's just a bunch of old myths and stories all put together and of made up old stories. And you can read about all these old stories and they're really, really similar to all these old stories that predated the Bible. I'm like, I've never heard that one. And I'm like, how in the world am I supposed to answer that? Because I've never even heard of that objection. So those are the types of things we're going to try to tackle in two sessions. We're not going to get to everything. But over the next week, think through those objections. Yes? Is that where apologetics fits in? Is that what it is, defending the faith? Yes, but we're not going to go there in depth. We're going to be more practical apologetics. So, so apologetics, oftentimes, correct me if I'm wrong, he's our resident apologist, but that's more like uh, getting into like deep philosophy and philosophical debates, and we're not going there. We're going practical, like when the dude, like in this book, I think there's a bus driver who discredits uh, scripture. Like how do, we, how do we use questions to get to the heart of that guy? And what his real core objection to Christianity is. Let's use questions to get there and hopefully expose it through questions to him. And then we can share the gospel, maybe. But my heart is to help you and to help myself not feel defensive every time someone comes up with an objection. Because that's my initial gut reaction is like, how do I answer this? I have no idea. And then, we, then we're crippled. And I want to change our posture to get out of that crippled feeling, uh, to be crippled by fear, and to move into a place where we can ask them questions. If they're going to make stupid statements, well, they better back it up. We have the truth on our side. But that's where we want to go. So maybe we'll get there. Maybe we won't. But that's, where I, that's my goal. So, all right, I went over. You guys are dismissed.